taxi driver and a pastor, they both died and went to heaven. And when they got to heaven, St. Peter met them. He really took the taxi driver first and showed him his mansion. Man, big, fancy mansion, big, elaborate, got tennis courts, uh, game room, all this stuff, everything you could ever want. Man, he was well pleased, you know. So he took the pastor, took him back off in the corner down here in the woods, little cabin down there. Went inside, nothing fancy, bunk beds in there. Pastor, he, you know, he looked and he goes, I think you got this mixed up. He goes, you know, I'm a pastor. He goes, that's right. He goes, but the difference is when you preached, people slept. But when he drove, people prayed. So, <laughs> so this morning, don't sleep on me. I'm not opposed to a cabin in the woods, but I like to have a fancy cabin. And if you do sleep and you happen to get caught, when you raise up, just say, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody think you was praying. I've got a message here prepared for you that, that uh, like I told Pastor Ken, I, I wrestled with it in the direction I wanted to go. I kept going back and forth, but it's a little, di- little bit different message. But I went ahead and went with what the Lord had, and that's what I'm going to give you this morning. But i got another question for you. How many of you like to occasionally watch a good football game? I mean, I do occasionally. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not one to sit around and just watch it all the time like some people, but there's nothing wrong with that. But I like to occasionally watch a good football game, uh, especially if it's a close game or a playoff game or something like that. The other day I was watching Clemson and Alabama, and during halftime I got up to go get a snack, and when I got up to go get a snack I had this thought, I thought, about the halftime. You know, this is a time when, when the teams take a break, they go into the locker room with their coaches, and they evaluate the game, where they're at in the game, and they, they just get a little break here. And I thought, you know, and I, 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 that's where this message came from. But another thought I had was, well, I guess God's watching the ball game because he knew it was halftime, and he didn't, he didn't interrupt me during the game. He waited a little halftime when I got up to get a snack. I guess he got up to go get one too, you know. Some things he'll watch with you and some things he won't. I guess he'll watch football with you. But anyway, my point is this right here. Sometimes we as Christians... We need to take a halftime, a little break from the game, from the game of life, to get in with our coaches. And the, the coaches that we have, or we have God as our owner, we have Jesus as our head coach, and we have the Holy Spirit as our assistant coach. And we have a, we have a winning coaching team, a team that has not been beat, and they will not be beat. And sometimes we need to do what these players do. We need to evaluate where we are in the game, whether we're ahead, whether we're running even, or whether we're behind. We need, to, we need to take time out away from the game, away from life, to go in with the coaches and to evaluate the game and just see where we're at. And not only see where we're at, but what needs to be done to get us where we want to be. Amen. We need to take time out sometimes. And like I said, we have, a, we have a winning coaching team that can't be beat, that never have been beat, and they will not be beat. But like any other team... The individual player's success depends on how well we listen to the coaches and how well we uh, go by the playbook and act on it. But for the Christian, the Bible is our playbook. And our success in life depends on how well we listen to God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and how we follow the playbook and go along with what, what the playbook says. Now, when we come in at halftime, like I said before, you're on one of three levels. You're either ahead in the game, 
you're even, you're even with the game or you're way behind and you need to, you need to do something better to, to get ahead in the game. This morning, I've got three key plays out of the playbook that will help you no matter where you are in life, whether you're ahead, whether you're even, or whether you're behind. If you're ahead, it will just encourage you to do better and keep doing what you're doing. If you're even, it will cause you to step up a notch and get ahead in the game. And if you're way behind and you're losing, it will cause you to, to do whatever you have to do, to get in the Word, to do what God says, to get ahead in the game and stay ahead. The first one is meditate in God's Word. And if we look at Joshua 1 and 8, it reads, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice the word says, you'll keep this book of the law in your mouth. And the book of the law means the word of God. It'll, it'll constantly be in your mouth, be on your mouth. That you'll not let it depart. Because then after, if you, as you do that, as you meditate, you'll observe to do according to all that is written in this book. And how many of you know there is a lot in this book that is written to, for us to do, that we can observe to do? And it says also when we do these things, then we will make our way prosperous, and then we will have a good success. So it's not up to God totally on our success in life. I hear some people say, well, if, if God wills it, that's the way, way it will be. But that's not how it is. We have a part to do. We can see right here. We need to keep the word of God in our mouth. We need to meditate in day and night. Observe to do according to all that's written therein. And then we'll make our way prosperous. And then we'll have good success. When you meditate, the word meditate means to speak to yourself, to mutter. To kind of say over and over and over. It's kind of like uh, when you were in school, when you were learning to recite a, a poem. When you had to get up in front of the class and recite a poem. You took that poem and... And most of the time, not only did you read it to yourself, but you read it out loud. So you could get it down in here. So when you got up there to do it, you could get up there and recite it without stumbling around and, you know, and just, uh, you know, you, you knew it. It's like the multiplication tables. That's how we learned our multiplication tables, you know. You, you set them over and over. Six times six is 36. Six times seven is 42. Six times eight is 48. And so on and so on. You said it till you got it down in you. And that's what we need to do with the Word of God. And we can do this. It says continually, we can do this wherever we're at, wherever we're at. We can do it at work. We can do it if we're outside working. We can do it driving down the road. We can even do it while we're out there hunting. I know one time I was out there deer hunting, and I was so, it was getting pretty dark. and then I'd been seeing several, several deer, several bucks, but I was in a tree line, and I was sitting there, and I was praying, and I was, I was praying in the Spirit. I was meditating the Word. I was, I was having a good time with the Lord. And I, and I kind of looked around, and there was a buck standing over here watching me. He's just looking at me, you know, and I, he's probably thinking, man, I've seen a lot of hunters out here, but I've never seen one quite like this guy. You know, he's over there talking to himself or talking to that tree or whatever. But we can do it wherever we're at. We don't have to just be in church. We don't have to be in a, in a church atmosphere. We can do it wherever we're at. We can do it at home, at work. And like, like at work, you can, while you're doing your job, you can just mutter to yourself, you know, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, you know. I am the hill of the Lord, you know. I've been delivered. I've been set free from the curse of the law, which is poverty, sickness, and the second death. You can just mutter the word to yourself. And the more you mutter it, the more you speak it, the more it gets in here. And the more it gets in here, the stronger it is for you. And the more you get of it, the more you want of it. Like the football team in their playbook. That's what they win by is that playbook. 
they have to learn those plays. They have to learn them by heart. They have to know them in and out because when it, uh, when it comes game day, they don't always have time to pull out the playbook and take a look at it before they get out there. We need to put the Word of God in our heart. It's kind of like a savings account. You know, the Word says, for that, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you put in your heart in times of need, in times of trial, maybe trouble, that's what your, heart's gonna, that's what your mouth's going to bring out, what you put in your heart. It's like a savings account. When we work, we save money. We take money and put it back. So if something comes up unexpectedly, we have a little extra cash to take care of it. We're not running around, you know, wringing our hands and, and everything, wondering what we're going to do. We've already got to sit back to take care of that problem. It's the same with the Word of God. The more you put it in here in abundance, the more you have in a time of need when it needs to be spoken. I know one time at work, there was, went back several years ago when they had that West Nile virus scare, you know, they, was, they was, had a thing at work on the little thing in the yard office there that says, you know, be careful about working at night around wet places where mosquitoes can and, and will be because of the West Nile virus. And, and the first thing that came up to me was when, that, when I read that was, you know, 1,000 might fall by your side, 10,000 by your right hand, but it'll not come near you. It'll not come near us because of, the, because of the Lord, because of the protection he provides for us through his word. But you have to have that word in you to be able to bring it forth. So that's why it's important that we meditate. Like I said, on game day, we got to get the word in us because on game day, we don't always have time when something comes our way, when something that we need to speak the word. We don't have time to call somebody and say, hey, I want you to pray for me or, or get out the Bible and uh, look and see what it says. I don't know if any of you remember, used to be a cartoon back when I was younger. It was a Dick Tracy cartoon. I don't know if any of you remember it or not. Maybe some of you do. But anyway, they had different characters on there, little detectives that worked for Dick Tracy. And one of them's name was Joe Jitso. And in this cartoon, every time the bad guys were, were fixing to get him or something was about to happen to him, he had a little wristwatch here. And he would say, hold everything. And he would get on that wristwatch and go, Joe Jitso calling Dick Tracy. Joe Jitso calling Dick Tracy and want to know what to do in that situation. And he would tell him. Then, then he'd say, okay, go ahead. And it would go ahead and happen. We don't have that luxury in life sometimes where we can call on somebody and say, hold everything while I get a hold of somebody and see what I need to do here. That's why it's important to have the Word of God in our heart and to meditate and get it in there where it needs to be. Another thing it does is uh, it renews our mind. It renews our mind. It helps us think, act, and talk in line with the Word. The more you meditate on the Word, the more you get it in here, the more you'll begin to think like God, the more you'll begin to act like God, and the more of God that you will want. And it'll cause the Word to produce for you. I know when I first got born again, I, I didn't know a whole lot about the Word when I got born again because we never was in church much when I was growing up. We were when, I was, when we were small kids, but up, up till the time that I got born again, we were never in church much. And I, I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about the Word. And uh, I remember one day after I got born again, I was listening to a, a minister called Charles Capps, and he was talking about how the Word will produce for you. And I, I, and I was thinking about it. I got to wondering about that. How, how does the Word produce for you? I got to think, how does it, I mean, I didn't understand what he was talking about. And the more I thought about it, the more I, you know, considered it. Finally, I was at work, and uh, I had this, like, uh, something told me just to clean up my billfold. We weren't busy that day, and I had time to clean my billfold out. Well, I, I found a check in there for a certain amount of money that I had forgot about was in there. And when I found that check, the Lord said, that's how the word will produce for you, because he knew the check was there all along. I had forgot about it. 
but me meditating on the word and, and considering and pondering how the word will work for me, I was, he knew I was seeking him and I was diligently seeking him, and he moved in my behalf. He rewarded me with showing me how the word will work. And that's how the word will work for us once we get it in our hearts where it will work for us and produce for us. The Lord can guide you and direct you in different areas of your life, different directions, and cause the things you need to come to pass. And, and then, I mean, it, it'll just be good. It'll be good for you. But anyway, that's how the word will produce for you. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. I'm not going to pull that up, but it says, If we declare a thing, it shall be established for us, and light will shine upon our paths. And the Lord will direct you. If, if we start declaring what the Word says, and that one way of declaring that is by meditating on the Word, declaring what the Word says. And as we meditate and declare what the Word says, that, that light will shine upon our paths and we'll be directed. And as the Lord directs you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because he may, he may direct you in doing something completely different than what you're doing. The Word in Psalm 32 and 8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. But verse 19 also says, don't be like the mule, don't be like the horse, which unless they put a bridle and bit in, they won't come near you. In other words, when the Lord starts directing you and giving you guidance, as a result of you meditating in your word and you seeking him, don't be mule-headed and don't be like a horse that sits there and says, well, I don't know if this is the way I ought to go or not. Sometimes the way the Lord will lead you and guide you is completely different than what you've ever done before in your life. I know I've shared this before, and I didn't have it down, but I'm going to share it with you because the Lord just brought it up to me. I know one time when I was, uh, I was just kind of learning the word, and one day at home, I, I had taken off a couple of days to go deer hunting, and I, it was a, it was a two, Monday and Tuesday, and Sunday night we had a message here called Direction, Correction. And so that morning I got up to go hunting. I got up about 4.30. Well, the kids were little. They were pretty small. Well, they got up about the same time I did. So I thought, well, I'm not going to get to go hunting like I wanted to. So they wanted breakfast. So I fixed them breakfast. We ate breakfast. They went back to bed. Well, it was already after daylight. So I thought, well, I don't even think I'll go hunting. I think I'll just read and read the Word and study a little bit what the uh, message was last night. So as I began to read and study, I took a little bit of time to read and study and everything. And, I, and it was well after daylight. And I thought, well, I'm not even going to go hunting. Well, I went to the bathroom. When I was in the bathroom... Uh, I heard in here, go ahead and go. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah, go ahead and go. Go ahead and go hunting. And I'm thinking, this can't be right. Because, I, you know, I, I had thought that the Lord only did would, would guide you and lead you into in big things of life. But that was important to me. But actually, like our own natural children, what's important to, to them is important to us. So if what's important to us is important to the Lord. So anyway, I thought, well, all right, I'll go. And uh, that was one time if uh, Rita had said, what are you going hunting today? I could have said, well, I'm on a mission from God today. You know, I'm going hunting because, you know, he, he spoke it into me, and I, I went ahead and went. But, but the thing I'm getting at is I had usually been going hunting in this one spot, but I had a permission to hunt in another spot that I had never been to. And as I went out the door, it was, like, it was like almost like a magnet leading me, pulling me. And instead of going over here, I didn't go over here. I went to this other spot where I had never been. And as I got out of the truck, it's like the Lord was leading me and guiding me to this one spot. But when I got there, I, uh, I stopped. And what I did was I stopped and I started thinking about it. I started thinking, you know, considering, well, reasoning things out a little bit. And as I was sitting there reasoning things out, there was a, a log about for me to 
where Jack and Cindy sitting, if I had just went that much farther and got behind that log, I had three deer come out between me and that log, and I'd have been in a position to get a deer. But my point is, I was, you know, the Lord led me, he directed me, but yet I stopped in the middle of it and tried to reason things out because I thought, well, you know, I never had been here before, and I was kind of looking around, looking at everything, but I just went ahead and went with him, everything would have worked out just fine. So when we ask the Lord to direct us, and he'll do it, then uh, keep an open heart and an open mind and let him direct you the way he wants to do it. And that's what will happen to you when you meditate in the word. Number two is, is go to church. Go to church. Hebrews 10.25, it reads, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, the word says not to forsake the assembly. So when we have a time, when we have an opportunity to come together as Christians and hear the word, we should not take it lightly. We should, we should want to do it. It also says exhorting one another. Well, when we come together, you know, we can encourage one another. Maybe somebody may be going through something. We could have a word for them or just, just, just be nice to them and encourage them. Nobody's coming in here to be deceitful. Nobody's coming in here to be mean. Nobody's coming in here to be mad about something. We all come here for one purpose, to hear the word of God and get direction from God and just to be in his presence. That's what we come for. So when we come, we have a chance to exhort one another. And it says so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, the day's approaching when Jesus is coming back. And the, the closer it gets, the old devil, he knows his time is coming. And he wants to work harder than ever before to try to deceive even us to think, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You know, you don't have to go there. Just go do something else on Sunday. You know, go do this. Go do that. You don't have to go every Sunday. And, uh, but that's, that's being deceived. This coming to church like this is like practice for that football team. Where, we come to, where they come together to learn the playbook and learn different plays and strategies to win the game. We come here to hear the word of God to learn different plays, scenarios, illustrations about how the words works and how the word is used. Um, Ashley had a, she had a, a, a softball coach one time, and they, uh, they had a team down at Shakota, and it was a, and the coach, he, he met with them once or twice. They didn't have any practice. They just, they had all played. He picked together a team down there, and they went down there, and they played. But he, I remember one of the meetings that he had with them, he told them, he said, just throwing, just hitting, just catching, basic stuff. He goes, I don't have time to teach them. This is a home thing. This is a home thing. I don't have time to come up here and, and individually teach everybody. You have to do something at home. Well, I was thinking about when we come to church, you know, we, we come and hear the word, and we come and receive the word. We come and receive all that God has for us. But also, when we get out of church, we can... We don't just come here just to say, well, I've been to church today, I heard a good word, and that's all there is to it. No, we come and we hear the word, and we take the word we heard, and we take it out with us, and we, we eat it and chew on it. And, and the more we chew on it, the more we get out of it. It's kind of like uh, going home and taking your notes, going over them. You, got, you can get CDs here of the message, and I encourage you to sign up and get the CDs. Don't just get the CDs and take them home and just throw them in a pile, but listen to them. Some of them I listen to once or twice. Some of them I listen to over and over and over and over. And I'm and I telling you, the more you listen to it, the more you're going to get out of it. Sometimes I think, I've heard this thing three or four times, and I know I didn't hear this before. 
I don't know if the Lord's adding words to it or what, but it's just like something else will jump out at you the more you listen to it. We need to do those things at home after we come and hear the word here. And in every meeting has a purpose. We can learn more about the word. We hear from God. This is like, this is like our halftime or a timeout from the game. We can come in here and we can get direction for our life. We can get correction for our life. We can get whatever we need for our life here when we come to church. If we, if we have an open heart and an open mind. 2 Timothy 3.16. It talks about different things that the word, uh, we can get from the word. It reads, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So we can come and we can hear the word, and we can take this word, and it'll, it'll affect every, every area of our life if we want it to. We can get it for doctrine, words to live by. We can get it for reproof. If we're doing something wrong or we're maybe going the wrong way, the Lord can correct us so we'll turn around and go the right way. If we're doing something uh, that's not right, I mean, the Lord may deal with you as an individual about you need to change some things, maybe do some things different. And we can get all that through the Word by coming in here and hearing the Word. And we get instruction for righteousness in a, a right way of living, a godly way of living. Verse 17, I didn't have her put that up, but it says, So that the man of God, or the people of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped, equipped for every good work. God has good works for each and every one of us to do. And as we come here and come to church and hear his word and receive his word and receive instruction and direction for us, we can live a more beneficial life to God, a more fulfilling life to God. And not only a fulfilling and beneficial life to God, but to those around us, our family members, our friends, people we come in contact with, we can share the word and share the things we hear. It's like coming together with the coaches and determining to talk a strategy. You know, and, he, and, the, and sometimes the Lord, he'll even make changes. Changes that in the team, changes in the way things are run. And uh, we need to be willing to accept those changes sometimes. I know sometimes change is hard. I don't like change. Not very many people do. But sometimes change is good. He'll, and when he does make a change, he does it to benefit the team. I know uh, we had a, uh, I used to coach baseball. And we were playing this one team at one time. They were, they were really good. They were good. And, and, and I wanted to beat them. You know, as the coach, I did. And I know some of the players, they wanted to beat them too. And one day I was at work, and I was just, I was actually playing about the game. And I was just praising the Lord and, and thanking him, you know, for, the, for a good game that night and everything. And, and as I began to do that, he began to show me ways to make changes in our lineup and the players' positions that we could better play the game. So I started writing it down. You know, so-and-so move here, so-and-so move there, so-and-so do this, so-and-so do that. And, and I did that when I got to the game that night. I told them all. I got them all together. I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make some changes. So-and-so is going to play outfield. You're not playing infield. Well, they didn't like it because they wanted to play infield. They, they, they thought out there in the outfield there's no action out there. But there is plenty of action. At that age, they were 14 and under. So some of them kids were whopping that ball out there. But they wanted to play infield because they thought that was one of the more favored positions. But... Let me tell you this, with God, there's really not what you call a favored position. We all have a part to play. We all have a part to do. And God's no respecter of persons. I don't care if you're back there cleaning restrooms, if you're sweeping the floor, if you're up here ministering, if you're up here. Whatever you're doing for the Lord is important, and it's beneficial. Amen? 
So remember that. But anyway, some of them, they didn't want to make the changes that I wanted them to make. They kind of bucked at the idea. Well, we got over that, and everybody went out there and did what they had to do, and we ended up beating that team by one run. And the reason is because we listened to the Lord. He made some changes, showed me some changes to make. And how many of you know the Lord, he knows more than what we do. He knows what's going on. You know, the word says that he gives us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. But then on the other hand, he knows about all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So when we seek his instruction, seek his direction, we come to church looking for what we need in life. When he gives it to us, accept it and go with it. And if it's something different or something that causes you to change a little bit or maybe have to make some adjustments, just do it. Because I promise you, when he makes changes, it's for the good of the team. Amen? Amen. We can hear God, and he'll speak to you as an individual. That, and you may come to church one Sunday and hear the very word that completely turn your life around. Completely turn everything around for you. That it'll upend everything and it'll cause you to do things different, cause you to think different, talk different, act different. You'll treat your spouse different. You'll treat your family members different. And they'll think, man, what has happened to, what has happened to this person? It's because you heard the word of God and you got the love of God in you and you... Uh, you're doing it. You're not just talking about it. You're doing it. The Word says to be hearers and doers. And as we hear and do the Word, we're blessed in all that we do. I know uh, talking about uh, coming to church on Sunday and not forsaking the assembly. And I'm going to share something with you that, that God, He uh, dealt with me about coming on Sunday mornings. And I'm not trying to put anybody in, in, uh, on the spot or in combination or anything, but this is what He dealt with me about. It was stopping me from coming to church on Sunday. I had an opportunity a few years back to uh, get more involved in church than what I had previously done. I, the way my job changed and everything, I had some extra time. And uh, Pastor Ken had just taken the church over, and, and I told him I had some time to come here and, and work and help out. And, and I did. And, and uh, Anyway, I got to come into church more, and I got more involved. And I used to go deer hunting on Sunday mornings. And like I said, if, if you're doing that, that's fine. I'm not knocking it. It's just something he dealt with me about because I was letting it get interfered with me coming to church. That's what I'm trying to get across. So I would go out there and deer hunt on Sunday mornings before that time, and, and I'd think, well, you know, if I get around in time to go to church, I'll, I'll go. Or I'll sit there and I'll say, well, the Lord, if I see a deer in the next 20 minutes, you know, I won't go, and if I don't, I'll go. Well, you know, this happened to be it, that, the, that some deer would come by and shoot it and you wouldn't go to church, but I don't think that was the Lord causing us to be there. But anyway, whatever. But anyway, that's what I would do. But after I got more involved in church and got to helping out more, I was coming out of the woods one Saturday night, not even thinking about the Lord, not thinking about church, not thinking about anything like that. I, what I was concerned with is I know these deer are using this trail, that's, and I didn't have any trail cameras, but I don't know what time they're using it. I know they're coming out over here and they're moving over here, but I'm, I was thinking, I wonder what time they're moving through there. And I was, I was coming out of the woods this out of the blue, it's like, don't forsake the assembly. And I knew the Lord was talking to me about my things that I, were doing, that I was doing on Sunday morning. And I thought, well, and it kind of threw me back, set me back a little bit. You know, I think, man, I'm not even thinking about that. And the Lord's dealing with me about it. And it was Saturday night. And uh, so I thought, well, if he's that serious about it, you know, if he's that serious about it, to deal with me on Saturday night about it, when I'm not even thinking about it, then he's pretty serious about it not forsaking the assembly and coming to church. And I thought, and if he's that serious about it, if I'm going to get more serious with God, then that's what I'm going to do. 
And that was been several years ago. And, I, and since that day, I've, I went hunting one Sunday morning since then. And that was the only reason I did that was because we put in for special hunts, some of us guys do, and we got drawn out. And I put the wrong dates in, and one of, one of the dates we got drawn for was a Sunday morning. And I had already put my word out there to a couple of them that, that if we got drawn out, I would go. And I found myself between a rock and a hard spot. And, uh, of course, Pastor Ken, he goes, oh, just go ahead and go. You don't ever miss anyway. This one time won't hurt. But, but I have not done that ever since then. I always make sure I got the dates right so I don't have to miss on Sunday because, to me, it's important to be here. Not just to say, well, I went to church Sunday. I, you know, I showed up. That, that's got nothing to do with it. The thing of it is, is that God expects us to be here. He wants us to be here. And if we don't come, and I know sometimes you have to miss. I mean, sometimes things come up where you have to miss, and that, that's all right, but don't make it a habit. Don't make a habit of it. Some people just make it a habit of it. I mean, any little thing that comes up, well, I won't, I won't go to church today. I'll just stay home. But don't make a habit of it, because I promise you, if you do, you'll miss out on some good things. You'll miss out on a good word. You'll miss out on the move of the Spirit of God, or something good will happen, that, and you'll think, man, I should have been there. I should have heard that. And even though you get the CD and listen to it, and that's still good, it's just not the same as being here, being here when the Spirit of God is moving. When I was growing up and played football, we played this team. We were playing this team one time. They had beat us pretty bad one time. And we played them again. We got the opportunity to play them again. And I wanted to beat them bad. I mean, I wanted to win. But I had went to the dentist that day and had a tooth pulled. And the dentist told me, he said, don't play football. He said, he said, he said, you got a football game tonight or anything? I said, yeah. He goes, don't, don't go out there and play. This thing might start bleeding again. Well, I didn't want to hear that. And my, my dad had, had uh, picked me and my brother up to take us to the game. We both played on the same team. And he asked me about the dentist and everything, and I told him what the dentist said. Well, when I got to over there to the coach, I never said a word to him. I just acted like I was good to go and everything. And we played the game, and we beat him, beat him pretty bad. Well, after the game... My dad come over and asked the coach, goes, how come you played uh, Larry today? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, he just went to the dentist, and the dentist told him not to play. He goes, well, he didn't say a word to me about it. And I didn't because I wanted to play. That's how bad I wanted to play. But when we look at church that way, as bad as we want to be at church, as bad as I want to play that game, and we determine to be here, and that's when God will start moving in your life and, and things will start changing. I was looking for a, a, a gun book one night at a price on some guns. I had a gun I wanted to look up the price of. And I couldn't find, I knew I put it somewhere in the house, but I couldn't find where it was at. And I was running around the house, I mean, the veins were popping out of my head, I was sweating, I was trying to find that book, I was thinking, I know it's here somewhere, I know it's here. So I finally found it, and when I did find it, <laughs> the Lord, he kind of got me, and I, I thought, man, this is not fair. He goes, if you look for me like you look for that book, you'd be a lot further in life. And I thought, well, that, you know, that, that's hitting somebody when they're down already. You know, I thought, that's not fair, but hey, that's the truth, though. That's the truth, though. When we... Uh, make it a point to come to church and seek God and seek all he has for us, then that's when things start changing in our life. Amen? Number three, my final one here, is uh, Galatians 6 and 9. Let's look at it right here right quick. Galatians 6 and 9. It says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, while in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart, or if we don't quit, don't give up. And uh, I've got wrote down here, Don't quit. Don't give up. A well-known minister I was listening to one time, he was talking about him and his wife, and they had just got married and were kind of young in the Lord. He was talking to the Lord about his wife and saying, you know, what if she don't, what if she don't do this? Or what if she don't do that? What if, she don't, uh, what if she don't love me? Or what if she don't show that? And the Lord told him, said, 
said, uh, you do what you need to do. You do what's right for you. And said, if she doesn't do what's right for her, I'll deal with her. In other words, he was telling him, doesn't matter what she does. Doesn't matter how she acts, what she says, or what she thinks. You do what you know you're supposed to do. You do the right thing. You do the good thing. And then I'll take care of her. And sometimes that's the way we look at things in life. We get kind of weary in doing good if things don't work out the way we think they should. We want to do just kind of like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You know, and if we're not getting our back scratched, we don't want to do what's, what's, what we want to do, what, what needs to be done. But we, we need to quit thinking that way. You know, we all need to do what's right. And, and don't wrong somebody because they wrong you. You know, the, the Bible says to walk in love, and we need to walk in love in every situation. And just like what we've talked about before, you know, meditating in the Word and coming to church, sometimes if things don't work out as quick or the way you think they should, that's no sign to give up. Because I promise you, God's always on time. He's always there. And just because things may not be happening as quick as you think or the way you think, that's no sign to give up. You know, a lot of times the difference between success and failure is just one more time. Just one more time. The difference between hot water and boiling water is one degree. You have to get that other degree there, and it starts boiling. You know, like I said a while ago, if somebody does you wrong, and, uh, you know, the Bible says don't return evil for evil. We're supposed to walk in love toward people. We're supposed to forgive them. I know I've been challenged sometime in my life about forgiving people, and I know, I know all of you have too. If somebody does you wrong, you think, man, I'd like to get back at them, but that's not the way the Word wants us to do he want, the Lord wants us to forgive them. And if we do somebody wrong, you know, we need to forgive. We need to go ask for their forgiveness and tell them that we're sorry for what we did. And as far as forgiving somebody else what they did for us, we can forgive by faith. And what I mean is that, is that you may not feel like forgiving them. You may not feel like forgetting it. But you can start telling yourself, you know, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. And if it starts to come back up again and raise back up, then you can just do it again. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them for what they did. And eventually, you'll come to the point where you actually do forgive them and you actually forget about it. It's like meditating in the Word. The more you say it, the more you put it in here, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, it'll, it'll finally start coming about in your life. Sometimes we go weary because we're not doing what God wants us to do. We know God's called us, and we know God has a plan for us, but... We're just not happy with the way things are, maybe sometimes because of change or maybe because we're not getting to do things the way we want to do them and we just quit doing anything. And that's not good, that's not good for anybody because, for one thing, it cheats you out of a blessing and cheats you out of the things that God has for you. And not only does it cheat you, but it cheats others from uh, you affecting them because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. How many of you have ever seen that movie, It's a Wonderful Life? And uh, it's an old movie. I, I like that movie. And, but anyway, you know, the, the guy in there is uh, George Bailey. And he's good about going around helping people and, and giving them money and make sure they got a house to live and, and food on their table to the point where he sometimes sacrifices himself or his own family to help other people meet their needs and see that they have what they uh, need. And it comes a time in his life when things don't go right for him. You know, the, the guy steals his money and he's, he doesn't have all this money to meet his uh, his obligations, and they think he's, you know, swindling and everything, and, and he gets to the point where he says, oh, God, I wish I'd never been born. I wish I'd never been born. And so this, this, his angel comes down and grants him that wish where he's, he's seeing the effects of he'd never been born. You know, people are 
that he had helped. They, got, they live in a slum area. Some are alcoholics. Some have died because he wasn't there to help them. And just things like that. And you get to thinking about that. And you think, well, I know that's just a movie. It's kind of like a hypothetical situation. But think about it. Think about it. If God has something for you to do, has called you to do, and you get weary or grow tired of doing it because things don't go your way, you don't think you're seeing the benefits that you're supposed to have at the time, and you quit doing it, just think of the people that are affected by you not doing it. And the thing about it is, when God calls you to do something, when he goes to you first, or you first, or whoever, you're the person he has in mind to do the job. And if you refuse it, then he has to go to somebody else. But somebody else can still do the job, but you've got to think about this. He comes to you first. You're the first pick. So you've got to think about these things. So don't grow weary in doing well or doing good. And in the Bible, you know, there's, there's certain guidelines and rules in the Word that we've got to follow in order to keep doing good. Another time when I was growing up and playing football, I remember running around. I had the balls running back. I was pretty fast, and I'd, I'd run the ball. I'd come around one end. And there was a big guy there. I mean, he was, he was big. And to this day, I still don't know how he did what he did. But I came around the end there. He grabbed my face mask. And somehow or another, he flipped me over and threw me on my back. And I still don't know how he did what he did. He, he was a stout individual, I guess. But anyway, and I thought, man, I'm not going around that end again. If I do, I'll run a little faster. But the thing of it is, he did something that was not according to the rules of the guidelines. So he was penalized. And, of course, we got 15 yards, but that's not the way I wanted to get 15 yards. I'd rather have ran it and not got hit like that. But, but the thing I'm trying to say is if we don't follow certain guidelines and rules in the Word, then sometimes we can get penalized in life because of what we do that's not right or what we do that's wrong. And it's not God, I want to make this point, it's not God that's uh, penalizing you. It's because of what we do or don't do that we get penalized. So if you find yourself in a situation like that, and you do something wrong or not do something right. You know, the Word says in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, that He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all we have to do is go to Him and say, Father, forgive me, I've done, I've done wrong. You know, I did, shouldn't have done that. And if you've wronged somebody, go, back, go make it right with them, and everything will be good. You need to be quick to repent, walk in love, don't grow weary, and don't just go through the motions. Like Pastor Kim was saying a while ago about praise and worship, when he started talking about that, I started thinking about my message about not going through the motions. You can come here, and you can look like that you're really enjoying yourself. You can look like that you're really taking in what the, what the Word says or what God has for you to say. And you can leave through those doors and not do anything with it. And nobody will know the difference unless, you know, they find out or something. But the thing of it is, we don't want to just go through the motions. We want to come here. We want to take the Word of God, we want to meditate in the Word of God, we want to come to church, and we want to do what's right with everybody. We don't want to grow weary in doing what's good. We want to be genuine, like Pastor Ken said a while ago. When we praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise Him. Don't just raise your hands and blah, 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 blah. That's just lip service. He's not looking for that. He gets plenty of that. He's looking for genuine people, genuine individuals that have a heart to do what's right, that have a heart to do His Word, and have a heart to come to church and receive all that he has for them. Amen? In closing, I'm just going to say this right here. The three keys that I, uh, that I covered was, one, meditate in the Word, go to church, don't grow weary, and if we'll do these things, and we'll receive the direction the Lord has for us, and the guidance that he gives us, 
and we'll do what we can do, we'll do our part, then, then we will make our way prosperous, and then we will have good success. Amen? You know, God, God's a good God. He's, you know, he always has good things for us. But like I said in my message, you know, there's, there's always our part to play, our part to do. It's just not just something that just happens. You know, the, I've once heard a minister say that the weapons of warfare are not automatic. You have to pull the trigger, so to speak. We have to do our part.